Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to Subtle Interference. I'm your host, Bob. I'm your other host, Alex. Joining us today, special guest. No microphone etiquette. No, not at all. Erica, how are you doing? I'm doing all right. How's that nitro cold brew? You know, it's actually quite tasty. From New Belgium. So thanks, Jack, for leaving this at the house. <laughs> what well, is the first rule of uh, of guesthood is if you leave it at the host house, getting drank. It's no longer yours. Not yours anymore. Well, and you go over there and you bring stuff. He comes over here and he brings stuff. It's not like it's a one way street. This is true. This is true. It's just you know, bringing something etiquette. But we all know those people who. Do the one way, you know they they'll take, they'll go over to someone's house and they'll just consume. And they won't bring anything, or they will bring something and then they're like, "Oh, I have two uh, beers left in my six pack. I'm going to collect those and take them home. I'll be on my way. <laughs> Thank you." There's a lot of weird party shit. I mean, yeah. to me, if I'm like bringing something over to your house, if I remember to grab my dish, that in and of itself is a miracle. Um, because normally I'm like, I forget about it. And then like a year and a half later, it's like, oh, I think you have my dish at your place. Um, or if it's that onion dip I make. You know what drives me crazy when you go to any sort of like family party or event or whatever. Yeah. And for some reason, there isn't like a variety of drink, you know, like some people. It's like some people think like, oh, I'll just have what I like. It's like. No. <laughs> you so this is an instance of when people are like, well, I drink diet soda, so I won't get regular soda for my guests. Right. That's wacky to me. That's obnoxious is what it is. Yeah. Well, it's, so it's kind of weird because it also depends on like on, f- on the family. Like, uh, uh, like on your one side, it's every it's BYOB for everything. You know, they might have pop. but Even then. Even then. Rare. Yeah. But then on the other side, it's like full serve, you know, and it's it's not that the other side doesn't care. It's just that's not the way it's a, it's a huge family, right? Like uh, uh, our Christmas this year on our side walked in and one of the uncles was like, oh, you want to you want a Moscow mule? And it's like, why? Yes, I do. I would love a Moscow mule. Thank you very much. That doesn't happen on the other side of the family. No. It's like, oh, you didn't bring a cooler. Well, I guess you're not drinking. See that's see my my thought process on setting up for a party is I'm gonna go out I'm gonna get a thirty rack of something like a MGD or a ham or, or ham something and I'll put that on ice and that way there is something there for anyone who doesn't want to bring something right and I'll also open the liquor cabinet up and I will offer the nicer stuff too but I'm not going I'm not gonna. No, we did have a couple Trying. years where we would. We, we went a did. little whole hog, and then it was like the fridge is full of beer for the next year, yes, and that's that just true. doesn't work. But I think you do got to have a good assortment of pop. If you if you, you need to have both regular pop and diet, and don't a sprite, just get diet, and you have to have a sprite, and you should have an orange just in case. Yeah, like I, I've noticed. So to give you guys credit, I'll just suck up to you here on our podcast. When you guys do Fourth of July. You always have too much, which is good. That's where you want to be. Yes. Because if you, if everyone leaves your home and everything is gone, you then wrong. you didn't have enough. Correct. 
Like, I hate when you're somewhere and someone's like, oh, we just had the right about. No, no you didn't. You didn't have enough. People wanted more. You just didn't have any. Right. Yeah. And you guys, to your credit, always have, like, you're talking about soda, whatever. You always have too much, which is good. It's like, look, what's a 24-pack of soda? You know, like... It's going to get it's drink. Like, it's like seven bucks. Right. You could buy a couple 24 or 12-packs of whatever. Yeah. You know, it's not going to break the fucking bank. And as long it. as you know who's coming, I think, and especially since it's been so hot the last few years... You gotta have yeah. You gotta have a lot of like water and shit. Yeah, we have a lot. We usually have a water. lot of bottles of water, and we we haven't been buying as much soda just because we've noticed the uncles don't really drink it, the aunts don't really drink it. Like they will if it's there, but right. for the most part, they drink water or they're drinking beer. So right. But then we do have people who will have soda, or then they'll they'll mix it with something. So we do always make sure we have it. Well, and the fourth is the fourth is a tricky party to plan for, because I like to think that we've done very well. With I it, think though. we've done good. But what's so tricky about the, so I would love to start the Fourth of July party at like five or six. Can't though. I can't because of the parking. So. Well, to explain, we live uh, right on the the park where they do the fireworks. Two houses away. Like literally, it's right the fuck there. Yeah. So day of, if you don't start your party around like three three thirty ish, no one will be able to find parking. No. I mean, like, I get up at 6 in the morning on the 4th of July, and I move our cars off of the driveway onto the street so it frees up the driveway mm-hmm. so, so people can park on it. Um, it, it. It's nuts. So that does mean, though, because fireworks aren't going to shoot until 9, 930. Right. So that means we got to keep people entertained for Entertained, six- fed... And uh, 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 sated. Yeah. And like you said, the last few years have been really, really hot on the 4th of July. So people going for that long is hard. Yeah. So it is it is logistically kind of a challenging party. Well, and Joey pointed out this year, it's on a Saturday. Yeah. So people, <laughs> people are staying and... Might get a little crazy. Was it was it Thursday last year? It was a Thursday. Yeah, that's right. We got the two day jump because it's leap year this year. Right. Yeah. The first time we had it, I feel like it was over a weekend as well. Mm-hmm. But we also only had, uh, we had some friends over, and then I think mom and dad and yeah. a couple of their friends came later. So it wasn't the big party it eventually evolved into. I would like to try and get like some more manner of game going for like the kids. No, for like me. <laughs> well, either like bust out beer pong or something. Yeah, get a, a bags tournament going. Got to do something. I think if you like, if that ends up being a long time, just sitting around shooting the shit. I mean, I don't mind. That, which is, but I know, but I'm me, and I'm I, I, I need to. do Well, then stuff. get a bags tournament going this year. People will play bags. And and look, you know, if you want to be able to include kids and in everything, you don't have to do beer pong with beer. You could just put water in the cups or something. No, like, yeah, I think the last couple times we've played it by uh, uh, Sam and Jacks, they don't have beer in the cups anymore, do they? No, it's water, right? And you just have your beer, and you're just drinking from that. Well, I think that's more because they just don't want their floor coated in beer, which is not a frat understandable. House. We're also old now and can't tolerate anything anymore. Well, see, but here's the thing: I can go hard when I want to. 
And it's usually a bad idea. It's always a bad idea. But I can do it still. Somewhat like any like it happens occasionally. It's usually when I'm out with someone for work and like someone will get uh, a martini or a shot or something and they're like, oh, you can't do that. And I'm like, fuck, I can't get me another one <laughs> I'll drown that. And I'm very alcohol makes you stupid people. It does. Don't yes, it don't, does. Don't, don't do drink. that. Don't, don't drink. drink. Just don't drink. Just don't drink. Uh, the last time I went went hard is uh, was wine night where I consumed at least two bottles of red wine. Kamikaze shots were had. Show tunes ended up being sang. And we ended up at a Denny's at 2 o'clock in the morning. Sounds like a good night to me. Hey, it was a fun night. I enjoyed myself. And I stayed on the couch the next day. I ordered food and I watched It's Always Sunny all day. And I went to New York. After puking in the shower. So it was to go the first time I had ever done that. So to go back to complimenting you guys, I think you guys do a great job of the 4th of July. Well, I live, Alex, in in dread and fear of the time we throw a party and I don't have enough stuff for it. Yeah. Well, I just, it's like for me, I think it's annoying when you go somewhere and for some reason they have like no water and they have like either no soda or like one two liter of soda for like, twenty people. What is this going to oh, do? And, like, and point of order, just get fucking cans for your party. Like it's so much easier than people having to pour stuff. Yep. I realize two liters less wasteful, whatever. But it's a party. It's going to be okay, wasteful. less wasteful. It's not our problem with the waste. It's the big corporations that have to worry about the waste. All right, you just buying a. A 24-pack of cans instead of, like, a 2-liter, or a 2-liter instead of that, the reverse, is not going to do jack shit, okay? Oh, I carry my bags to the grocery store every week. I'm making a difference. No, you're not. You're not. You're just not. You're doing it for you to make yourself feel better, which I completely understand. End of rant. Go ahead. (laughs) Get cans. (laughs) and And look, on the other hand, if I was hosting people and I don't drink... I would still either have alcohol because I know people like to drink or I would warn them in advance and be like, hey, if you guys want to drink, you got to bring something because I don't do have, have shit. to warn people. I agree. Or do uh, we do it for the fourth? You say bring whatever you bring your own beer. BYOB. And people do. BYOB and just have a reserve of something really basic. And that's why we just started doing just the basic stuff because it was like people would bring beer and then we'd end up with like a fuck ton of shit. So it's like And if you have it, you got to drink it. Yeah. <laughs> Cuz it gets skunky. Yeah. And we only and have so much problem. room in the fridge. Usually the fun thing after the 4th is dealing with the coolers for like the next several days. Well, because usually we have that big cooler that'll keep shit cold for a while, so that just lives outside or in the garage, and it's like, oh, I'd like a soda. It's like, oh, I'll just go into the cooler. That's the thing. So, speaking about coolers, so we've, like... Coolers, the podcast. Eric and we got this big, this big guy. It's a Coleman cooler. It couldn't have cost me 40 50 bucks at Home Depot. It's fantastic. It's big. It really holds ice for a long time like it it usually gets me a couple of days why in fuck's sake do people spend hundreds of dollars on yetis you'd know more about this than me this is like one of your things Bob I know 
I, I just don't get it. Like the Yeti cooler, it makes sense for a very specific demographic. And that's people who are going out into, uh, into the deep wilderness to hunt, or they're going to be out fishing for several days and they need to keep their meat on ice. That's pretty much it. Like if you're the kind of, if you're putting beer or soda, uh, in, in a Yeti and that is your only use for it, that is just such a gigantic waste of money. From someone who would know about wasting money. Yes. <laughs> Takes one to know one. Indeed. <laughs> Indeed. But you bob math the shit out of it, so you kind of feel better about it in the end. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I mean, listen, if you're going to ignore all advice to not buy something, you've at least got to bob math it so that you feel good about like it. Like when you buy Gears of War 5 instead of just buying Game Pass. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Alex, there's just no explaining some things to people. <laughs> hey, Bob, do you have any thoughts on YouTube buying up the rights to all these Activision esports titles like Overwatch League and Call of Duty League and Hearthstone League or whatever it's called? I think- oh, remember that two weeks where we were like obsessed with Hearthstone? <laughs> <laughs> it was seriously two weeks. Yeah. And then, boop, and gone. Remember, remember that game Hearthstone, the terrible version of Magic the Gathering? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, you know, it, it was interesting. What really, I think what sealed the deal on me not going back to Hearthstone was that bullshit with uh, Blizzard um, in the fall. See, you just stopped playing it, and my whole reason for playing it was to be like, oh, I got farther than you in this. So then I had no reason anymore. Yeah. Because we were on vacation, and I noticed him playing, and I was like, oh, that seems kind of interesting. Let me ruin this for him. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's pretty much it's about exactly where I was. what yeah. happened. So, Like, oh, you like this? Let me just step in here. Well, she's sitting there watching me play it, and she's like, hey, hey. Uh, and I'm like, do you just want to play? No, no, no. No, it's like, give me a turn. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I th- you know, it's a pretty... I think it's a pretty big move by Google in the esports space. I mean, you know, that those are presumably pretty valuable properties um, in that market. Uh, you know, I think when we were texting, you brought up like it's, you know, it's still not League of Legends or um, Dota. Dota. Well, my, my mindset, I, I mean, we've talked about this before, but I am still convinced that I have no knowledge of Call of Duty League or Hearthstone or whatever, but for Overwatch specifically, they have dramatically inflated the viewership numbers by giving out tokens for viewerships that then you can then use to get special skins that you would otherwise have to spend real money on. Mm-hmm. And I don't know how much they have inflated viewership, but I have never talked to literally anyone who actually sits there and watches Overwatch League. It's just a bunch of people who have turned it on and it runs in the background in a browser window or something to get tokens. So, I, like, how much are they actually, like, How many people are it? actually watching? And so when 
Coke buys a sponsor, you know, sponsors it or T-Mobile sponsors it or whatever. How many people are actually getting eyeballs on this Mm -hmm. versus just it's running in a background window that I'm not paying attention to? Yeah, it it really interests me, like, what what the actual value of esports is. Because, I mean, think about it. Sports in general... Um, exists to two thing exists for to make money in one of two ways, um, either from in person events or from viewing on television. Television, of course, makes shitloads more. Right, and why is television valuable? Because for sports, it's the only thing that people actually sit there and watch live anymore. Right, so you're going to see the commercials. Even if you're playing on your phone, you're kind of hearing the commercial right. in the background. It's landing to some degree. Yeah. To a and then to a lesser degree, I think I'm pretty sure is you know the the team merchandise and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, you're right. It's like if people aren't really paying attention to it, how valuable is the advertising dollars? What's interesting in the game space, though, that's different than traditional sports is, you know, if if you're a fan of football, right, uh, and you're watching the NFL every Sunday, um, you're not going to play, like, necessarily in a recreational football league on the weekends where you have to pay le- money to the NFL in order to participate. With esports, you have that there's that difference of like if you like let's if you like League of Legends, uh if you're watching League of Legends, you're probably also playing League of Legends and contributing, you know, and spending money in that space to do that. So it's it's a it's a different economy. But I imagine it's still to be viable long term. They're going to have to make good on all the eyeballs actually spending money on what advertisers sell. Yeah. I just, yeah, for me, I wish there was a way to find out how many people are actually watching and i think one of the things that'll be interesting this year for overwatch league in particular is that last year they were running all the games out of um this tiny arena in burbank that maybe sat like a thousand people you know and even that wouldn't be filled for every game it would only be filled for like the big ones and now they're doing all these like all the teams are actually going to be playing out of like their home arenas you know, wherever the fuck these might be for the different teams. So now you're going to have to try to draw in people locally yeah. for like, you know, the Philadelphia fusion. So you're going to have to get like a bunch of people in Philly to come watch you play a video game live. Is that really the name? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. And Gritty showed up once. <gasps> I would go if Gritty could show up. <laughs> but um, it's Philly, so I would also bring batteries to throw. Well, you have to keep the thing going of being the worst fan base. Is there a mascot? Is, is it a battery? Because <laughs> it should be if it's not. 
Preferably so, a D one that you can huck at Santa Claus. <laughs> 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 Never change, Philly. Never change. I'm just interested to see how many people actually show up for this stuff. Well, especially depending on like where are the teams. I mean, assume they're all in major cities for the most Mo- part. For the most part, yeah. But like Is I'll Philly go- a major city? Yeah, it is. <laughs> There's not even like a direct way from there on the highway from Philly to New York. <laughs> which is still the funniest fucking thing in like the history of the universe. Because um, like, I'll go and watch a lot of dumb shit. Like I went to Combo Breaker one year with a friend to watch like fighting game tournaments. So like, I mean, I'll go and watch dumb shit. I don't know how often, like how often do they have matches? I don't know how it's going to work for the schedule this year. I have no idea. Uh. And the other thing for Overwatch specifically is, look, I love Overwatch. I've been playing it for three years, okay? Overwatch, extremely boring to watch other people play. Yeah. (laughs) Like, it's very boring. There's just the way the game is. It's very much more about teamwork rather than, like, individual skill. Mm. Um. Well, in like a fighting game, it's like you can sit and watch somebody. Like, I have, I am so bad at fighting games that it's just like, I don't even want to fucking bother. But watching people who actually know what the fuck they're doing, it can be kind of exciting. Mm-hmm. And you get to see Sonic Fox. That's his name, right? The furry dude? You're clearly a big fan. <laughs> well, yeah, so I don't know. We'll see how that all works out. It's. It is interesting that all of a sudden YouTube and Mixer are getting into the game of like, okay, we're going to buy up rights to certain things. We're going to get exclusives with streamers that were on Twitch. Yeah. Um, well, you know what it is? It's even, even if the market isn't really strong right at the moment, you know, between Amazon, Microsoft, and Google, like none of them want to let the other one get market dominance um in any area which they compete um which is crazy because i would argue that you know twitch is definitely the market dominant but google's got enough money to pull you know some made some pretty major exclusives in that space i just wonder what the value of the space overall is i definitely yeah i that's definitely a big part of it. I also think for YouTube in particular, um, I think many more people are just going to randomly open up their YouTube app throughout the day. And I'm sure what Google is going to do is put a window right at the top. That's like, sorry, Overwatch League on now, you know? Yeah. And a lot of people are probably going to click on that. People who never would have gone to twitch.tv or even had the Twitch app installed on their phone. You know, like everyone has the YouTube app, right? Like who doesn't have the YouTube app on their phone? And a lot of people click on it throughout the day to go look at whatever on YouTube. And they, they're going to see that advertisement right there front and center. Yeah. So they're going to drive more people to it. Now, will they stay? Will they keep watching? That'll be another thing. Yeah, I, I think I'm really curious to see what happens with esports 
you know, in the long term, I think it's inevitable that it will grow in popularity. Um, will it ever truly rival uh, physical sports? Probably not. But it'll have its niche. Yeah. It's it's niche for sure. I also think one of the problems for esports is, you know, a lot of sports fandom is based on region, right? Correct. So you're born in Illinois, so you're a Bears fan and you're a Blackhawks fan and you're a Bulls fan. You just are. I mean, like, there are some people who, you know, whatever team, you know, oh, I'm a big Patriots fan because they've been winning for all eternity. You know, you have those people, right? The worst worst people. Yeah, the people who are the Fairweather fans who just cheer for, like, like LeBron James. Remember when LeBron James at one time was like, yeah, I'm a Cowboys fan and I'm a Yankees fan. So he's basically just a fan of, like, all the teams that were really good when he was young. Right. Um, I hate those people. Anyway. (laughs) But... Esports doesn't have that because all of a sudden it's just like, you know, what I'm like just a Dallas Fuel fan now. You know, like, who cares? Like, why would I care about one team over the other? Right, right, right. I guess you're supposed to care about the personalities and the people and maybe that's who you cheer for. It's definitely not regional. Like, even though they've tied city names to the teams, I don't feel like it's regional. But there's another thing with... with physical sports that um you know esports really just is not is going to be at a disadvantage of is that you know with most physical sports you have to if you're going to be any good at them you have to start very young right so you it becomes this community and family thing where you know, your parents are taking you to baseball practice or to t-ball practice at what, like five, six years old. Sure. Um, and you're getting to make friends. Your parents are making friends. It grows and grows and grows. And throughout, the you know, parents aren't making friends. The friends, are, the parents are just there. We have to talk to yes. these other adults. Yeah, acquaintances. Um, but you're you're building this community, and as you grow up, you grow up, you. It becomes embedded in your life, and it's more than just, you know, something you do. Um, You know, I I just don't see that ever happening in that in in, with video games. You know, there definitely is community. There are, um, you know, certainly online friendships, but it's not. As far as I can see, it's not got that same level of pervasiveness into the rest of your life. You know, if you if you play you play t-ball, you know you're gonna invite the whole team over to your. You know, the parents are gonna take turns on who's cooking lunch. Right. A lot of times, you're like, oh, you'll have a picnic at the house. I, I play esports. You're not, or even like sharing that with like the extended family. And is the if you do, is the extended family gonna be like? Oh, that's great. Yeah, Good I mean, and there's a, and there's definitely the stigma aspect of it too, where a lot of people just think it's dumb as fuck. Um, but you know, it's it's got a lot of challenges in its path to being super popular. Not that it can't be, but I don't know. I think there's just something. There are things about physical sports that it's not going to be able to reproduce. 
I think one of the things that maybe a small advantage esports has over real sports is how many people who aren't other pro basketball players have ever played basketball with Michael Jordan? Like when he was in his prime. I mean, not like, you know, coming up when he was in high school or in college or whatever. I'm talking about like how many people like Joe Schmo off the street played basketball with Michael Jordan? Not many. Like not many people. Bugs Bunny right? did. Sweet. <laughs> anyway, I think one of the small advantages esports has is that if you're playing on if you're playing Overwatch on the PC and you're at the high rankings, you're gonna play with the other like with the pro players when they're just on their practice. So you're saying that there's more of a potential for like a personal connection. Right. Which is big. That's it's big. Because it's like, you know, a little it, it means something. Like when we uh, would go to the Chikara shows and you get to talk to Colt Cabana for a while. It's kind of whenever we would drive by and see him on the the billboards for one hour tees, you're like it's Colt. Actually, I think the comparison indie wrestling is very apt. Apt, um, because that is you know it is a that is a more tight knit community. It's niche, um, but people who are passionate about it are very passionate about it. And it is cool because like I have a picture from a Halloween a few years ago with um, what's her name on uh, WWE? Uh, she's on Ruby Riot. Yeah, with Ruby Riot. She's in a mask, but still, it's pretty cool. Hey, when are you guys going? When are you guys going on the Jericho cruise? <laughs> Probably never. <laughs> did you see what they did to ensure that AEW aired on Wednesday? Because they recorded it on the boat. Mm-hmm. Did you hear about this? No, I didn't. Okay, so they had two masters of the tape, and they put them on two different planes to fly it to Atlanta to make in sure. case something happened to one of the planes. That's fucking hilarious. No, yeah, I mean, there's there's a lot of, like, niche stuff that I'm into. I don't know that I could go on a, a wrestling cruise for. I don't think Because I... you're surrounded by other wrestling fans. And sometimes, totally fine. Hey, I heard there were a surprising amount of women on that cruise. Good. Like, out of the 2,100 people, I think 900 were women. That's impressive. So that's that's impressive. shocking, actually. It is a little shocking. See, I just don't think I could go anywhere where you are in... Uh, tight quarters with a whole lot of people anymore because one you're just gonna get like coronavirus and die uh that's why dad won't go on a cruise anymore he doesn't want to get the hanta virus (laughs) (laughs) or whatever the fuck it was i think i only did one cruise ever did you guys how many did you do we there was a stretch of pure uh time there where we were all about cruising i've been on like three or four i want to say did you do any bob i've never been on a cruise I think it's something you should do, like, once, but, I mean, it kind of... With a mega yacht, where it's just you. It's just kind of like, okay. In a private crew. Like, it's fine. I just remember the one time I did a cruise, we were in the smallest cabin, like... Although, even the nicer rooms are not big. No, but I'm talking, like, this was, like... This was, like, prison cell size. The first one we went on was like that, too. They had, like, the two beds, and then the other beds folded out of the walls. And you, like, you, you could really feel the rocking of the ship. And they, the room was maybe, 
maybe five by seven, really small. And just like Joey, uh, my brother is still a big snorer back at like then. He didn't oh. have his tonsils out yet, so you wanted to just stab yourself in the face because you weren't you weren't sleeping. Of course, then after that, my parents would get their own cabin and then leave me in the cabin with uh, with Joey. Cause it didn't matter if I slept. And See, then they'd be pissed off because he'd be like, Erica, why are you so tired all the time? Erica, why are you irritated? You should be happy. I haven't slept in three effing days. That's why. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. See, I don't think, I think I would have a really hard time on a cruise ship if I didn't have a balcony. Oh, see, I'm if like, I'm going to fall off. Can't have a balcony. If I was like in an interior room or even a, even a porthole, I, I think I'd have a really hard time with that. I just wouldn't sleep. I'd just sit at the casino all day. I feel Talk like the casino does eventually close, though, on a ship. Boo. Maybe. What's the point? Because I was definitely like... So we had the job with the horrible place, and Dad and I both got let go because people are bitches, and then we went on a cruise like that January. I think it was like 09. So I would have been... Math. I was over 21. I could definitely gamble and drink. So, but I believe the drinking age on a cruise is 18, too, because you're in international water. Depending on where you're going. Well, I believe, I was watching a video about this the other day. Cruise ships obey the laws of the country they're flagged under. And they just weren't uh, carding me then the one time. (laughs) I was listening to, um, it was funny, uh, Alvarez and Meltzer went on this Jericho cruise this time. And one of the things Alvarez did while he was there was some sort of bowling tournament. They had a bowling alley on the ship. So he was saying, Well, when Bob, you have a, a concentration of fans from the Midwest, which I'm sure that they did, you get it bowling. It's very important. <laughs> so they were saying they were bowling. And he was talking to a couple of people he was on this team with. And the one guy's like, Oh, yeah, I'm like a 200 average. And the other guy's like, Yeah, I'm about a 200. And so he's like, Oh, this is going to go well. They throw the ball down the lane, and it just goes like it's kind of going straight down there like you would expect. And then all of a sudden, just like hard right straight into the gutter. <laughs> it's like Because you are on a, a boat. boat. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> so it took them like a full game to figure out like what the fuck do we do here <laughs> on a boat? Because we were one of the ones we went on had like an ice rink. And I was like, I'm not going at an ice rink. You're on a boat. <laughs> it's like, and it's not like wildly swinging back and forth. But it's but enough. It's enough. They had like an ice show on there. I'm like, these fuckers are going to die. <laughs> you know, I'm amazed something that doesn't happen more in hockey is when someone gets checked into the boards or checked into the bench or whatever and their feet go up. That more people don't get sliced by the blades. It is kind of astonishing, isn't it? You would mm. think that like there'd be a lot more blood on the ice. And when it does happen, it's nasty. Oh yeah, you know, a little gnarly. You got a lot of padding on. You got to go through a lot of stuff unless you get the neck. No, and that's what I'm saying. When people get hit in the face or the neck, yeah. Well, you do have to be a certifiable maniac to play hockey. I think the true maniacs are the goalies. I would agree. Anyone who volunteers for the job of having a hard piece of rubber shot at you, yes, thirty to more times per game, that's you're, a lunatic. You're, you're, yeah, absolute maniac. Well, it's like, could you imagine? Like, I think the same of catchers, because it's like, 
you're going to sit there. This guy's going to hurl a ball at you between 85 and 100 miles an hour. And it gets there in like, what, six tenths of a second? Like, what? Well, in theory, they're aiming for a target. In theory, yeah. But, I mean, it's still insane to me. I mean, granted, you work your way up to that level, you know, over time. And I'm sure it doesn't seem as fast to them as it would to me, but it's still insane. You know what I want to know is how do major league catchers not constantly have broken hands? Oh, I have no idea. I've always wondered that. Because I remember when I played Little League and I I played catcher a few times. And I was using a catcher's glove. And, you know, what are people throwing in Little League? Not 60 fast. max, you Not know, even. like yeah. 40, 50, something like that if you're throwing a fastball, right? Mm-hmm. And I remember that hurt when it yeah. would hit the glove. Oh, I caught fast pitch, yeah, a cut, like for a couple years. And it's terrifying because you're just like, and I wasn't, I was getting to the point where I'm like, I don't really give a fuck about this anymore. But it was like, okay, yeah, whatever. And no, yeah, it's like that fucker's coming at you, and if somebody's a little wild, it's like I'm I'm gonna die back here. Yeah, so our I don't know our like major league catchers are they wearing just a ton of padding on their hand? I don't know, like their glo- maybe their glove, maybe they're wearing like a glove under the glove that's very padded. You might also you know? be used to it, so you kind of give yourself a little bit of like give to Somebody, as it comes yeah. in. Well, I have no idea. I though. mean, the catcher's insane. But at least he's expecting the ball to come at him every single pitch. Think about the fucking third baseman. <laughs> like, that motherfucker's got to be a crazy person. Because that, that is just... Because not too much comes at the first baseline. Not a ton. Not, like, not that way. But right up third base, and pretty, you know, it's fairly frequent up third baseline, and it is fucking fast. And then is there? I don't think there's anything more terrifying than a ball than a line drive right back at the pitcher. No, that is every anytime I see that I'm like, oh, well, he's dead. Yeah, yeah, you're just dead. Hope you had a nice run. Well, and a lot of pitchers come out of the pitch very awkwardly, and that's what I noticed when um, I was watching the World Series. With everything we know now, it's different. But at the time, I was watching um, Zach Grinky pitch in that game seven Mm -hmm. and they were showing how when he would come out of the pitch he was getting himself into a stance like a fielder so he's ready if the ball gets hit at him yeah and he made like six or seven fielding plays in that game so i don't know why more pitchers don't train themselves to do this but i think they just get you know they're they're working so hard to hurl the ball down as fast as they can with some semblance of accuracy that once they get to like a speed and accuracy that they like, they don't give a fuck. Anything else is it's like it, extra. Yeah. You know, if you happen to pitch in such a way that you can set up good for, cause there was a, there was a, a pitcher. He was a, he was a relief pitcher for the Red Sox back in like the, the late aughts. Um, he was a Japanese pitcher. I can't remember his name. I remember he came over at the same time at the same time as Daisuke Matsuzaka, and um, he ended up being the bigger star, even though Daisuke was supposed to be the big one. Hey, shit happens. 
And uh, but he, when he would release the ball, his head was like pointed down. He was like looking down and behind him almost. So he released, and then he had to pop his head back up, just in time to get hit in the face with a baseball. Yeah. <laughs> so fun times, fun times, good times. Uh, it's gonna kill me. When, uh, uh, it's gonna drive you crazy. It's gonna drive me crazy. And he doesn't have his laptop here to do the research. He's probably crying himself. It's his phone right there. No, 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 phone's not good enough. You need the laptop, Erica. See, I like the laptop because I can doodle on it. Have we talked about Cyberpunk being delayed on this podcast? Uh, Not on the podcast, I don't think. Was it delayed? Yeah. Shock. Could you believe it, Erica? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) I I wish in podcasts you could play uh, GIFs for your listeners. Because I would do the the fry one. Shocked. Shocked. Well, not that shocked. It's a gif, Bob. It's a gif. No one says gif except for assholes that don't watch Curb Your Enthusiasm. You prick. I like the sound of gif more. I'm pretty sure I used them interchangeably. I can never fucking remember. It's gif. You know how hard it is to find that one that I really like to use, though, with Herman shaking his head? (laughs) Like, why is that not saved on my phone somewhere? I don't know. Why don't you I save it, it on your so phone I use it so fucking often. Very annoying. I have a folder in on my phone of just reaction GIFs. GIFs. See, I have reaction uh, pictures. Mm. Did, you, did you save the one of Cara Maria ugly crying in the corner? <laughs> that's an all-timer for me. I, you know, I'm glad you brought that up because I was, I was sitting on the couch – uh, it was last night or the night before. I don't know. You might remember because I texted you, but it was. I am just scrolling through challenge Reddit because one of the things I noticed was um, someone there was the ch- the challenge awards, um, and it's from uh, Derek's got a podcast challenge mania, yeah. challenge mania, right? Which I've never listened to, but. Um, and they're going through it, and, and it, had, it had this realization. I was like, I'm so glad Reddit exists because it makes me feel so much better that I'm not the most obsessed person with the challenge. There's always somebody else out there, Bob. <laughs> There's those nights where you're reading fanfic and you're just like, what has my life become? I'm like 35. What the fuck? And then you like scroll through and you see how many like some people have written, and you're like, well, I mean, could always be worse. And then proceed to read all of those that they wrote. I was scrolling through the challenge Reddit today, actually, I think. And I noticed there was a clip where some interviewer asked Rogan and Joss what they thought of Cara Maria. And Joss is just like, she's just always so angry all the time. Or no, it was Rogan that said that. And then Joss goes, well, actually, I think it's more like she's just miserable. And Rogan's like, you're told that's right. You're totally right. She's just so miserable. And it's crazy how everyone has this same opinion, but yet I'm sure Cara Maria is at home like, that's not true. <laughs> well, because a lot of times the person who is miserable is not being honest with themselves. Yeah. She needs to stay home and list like, you need to just get right in your head, take a couple seasons off. Realize this isn't real. This isn't life. You, you can have a life outside of this. Work on you. It'll be fine. Maria. <laughs> I liked from the after show when they had Wes on. Do you remember this when they had Wes yeah. on via Skype? And he had the big like 
like the fucking um like he was beard. chopping wood in the backyard yes. beard. You know what I mean? And <laughs> the, the, bro- the Brocken face. The, no, no, no. Hair. I know. I know. The Brock beard, in the backwoods I, beard. Is yeah, what exactly. About. Thank yeah. you. That's exactly what it was. I was trying to think of like a a comparison. I know what a beard is. The Brock's been like at the cabin in the middle of the woods for like the last six months, not talking to anybody, and then he emerges. That's the beard. And so they brought up the beard, and Wes just goes, "Well, after I lost to." Uh, bear i had to change what i looked like because i was so ashamed (laughs) and it's just like there is an example of a guy who i'm sure wasn't happy at all that he lost yeah but he realizes like it's a game i lost on to the next one yeah and and, you know wes definitely you know he plays his character on the show i'm sure he's a very different person in real life one would hope um and you know that it just but Cara Maria isn't. I bet you if you put Wes and Johnny Bananas in a room together in real life, they would have so much fun. Oh, yeah. Like, they would have a great time. But yeah. the moment they're on that show, they are out to fuck each other over. Oh, yeah. Because it's the perks. That's that's who you are. And that's just... Well, and they know that that's, that's good TV. That's good TV. And that's why you keep getting asked back. Right. You know, if Wes decided to just play nights with Johnny Bananas for a season... No one will want that. No. You know, they've had times throughout the the history of the show where they weren't trying to actively slit each other's throats, but you know, that's that's a pretty low bar. <laughs> but, you know, it's I mean, those are that's that's kind of that's one of the few really long-standing feuds that's actually fun i think the one is with car maria the problem is that it, it she's just been on for so long and it's gotten so bitter um well she's so miserable on the show that it's off-putting it makes yeah. you not want to watch her yeah i would agree with that mm-hmm. i'm trying to th- and and you know i mean we've talked about this before but you know there just hasn't been very much in the way of new characters on the show that you enjoy. You want to root for. Right. Though, I mean, after this last season, I can kind of get behind Georgia. I still find him incredibly annoying and very douchey, but Bear has a place on the show. Mm-hmm. It just sucks that they were eliminated so early because their teams are fucking idiots. Yeah. I think I think Bear is the perfect example of like the complete asshole who is still entertaining to watch. Sure. I want to like Joss and Rogan. Jogan. They're I just so they're just so dumb. I yeah. can't because of this last season. They're uh, yeah. It's like you guys are the dumbest people ever and I just I just can't. Well, and then there's there's a problem and again, you know, this could uh, there's a degree to which this could be editing, but if when you watch what one of the what's one of the problems we have when we watch movies like if the premise of the show or the premise of the the movie is that everybody on it must be the dumbest person to have ever lived you're not going to enjoy it unless you're just as dumb well there's that (laughs) which is a lot of people unless you reach elusive fun bad but i see what you're i see what you're saying like uh, falling Jurassic World. Jurassic World. Yeah. Yes. It's like, like everyone in this is the biggest dummy in the universe, and I and the only reason your script is happening 
is because they're all dumbasses. You know what? You know what I enjoy about Bear? It's that all his shenanigans are actually fairly lighthearted. You know, like what's the worst thing Bear does on the show? He cheats on like every woman who comes within a ten mile radius of him, yes. right? But as far as we know, he's not sexually assaulting anyone. He's not like doing anything. <laughs> <Low bar>. Right. <laughs> <laughs> no, I know what you're saying. You know what I, I know mean? What no, he's not doing anything that's like wrong. Like he is doing things. You know what I mean? I know what you mean. He's 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 cheating on every woman he comes anywhere near. But to be fair, they all know that's going to happen. <laughs> like. Like Georgia, it's very transparent. Like Georgia knew that was going to happen, so the fact that she she doesn't even really get upset about it, it's like she is upset. But she did like, that last season where it was like, "Oh, you have a girlfriend back home." The fuck. This season, she was just kind of like, yeah, "Okay, whatever." Everyone knows now, You're right? So it's like if you get into that with him, you can't be mad when you catch him with another woman. That's like, oh yeah, well the the tiger acted like a tiger. <laughs> He bit me. Why did the venomous snake bite me when I stuck my hand in its face? <laughs> the shit. Uh, do we know when the next season's going to start? No, but it has to be soon. I would think so, right? Right, yeah. Hopefully. We need another. We need more reason to uh, get our listener to not listen. <laughs> <laughs> Does he say why? Why he won't watch? Uh, the reason is is that because I recommended it and he can't watch anything that I've recommended unless there is copious amounts of either violence or nudity. Okay, I kind of respect that. I mean, I'm just saying that's the reason. He won't admit that's the reason, but that's the reason. <laughs> if he just came upon it on his own, like if I had never mentioned the challenge ever and he happened to be on Netflix and say the challenge was on there, he would watch it. Okay. But, yeah, we don't have a... It doesn't seem like we have a release date yet. But because I have recommended it, that show is now on the can't watch ever list. <laughs> I will say when somebody comes up to me and they're like, Erica, you would fucking love the show. You need to watch it immediately. There's a little part of my brain that's like, no, I don't. Don't fucking fuck tell you. me what to do. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> yeah. Like, that's why I waited so long to watch Archer. That's why I waited so long to watch Shit's Creek. And then when I ultimately do watch the show, I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, this is pretty good. But now, if I were to say, hey, you really have to watch the challenge, all the women are topless all the time, then it would be like, let's do this. Well, it'd be the toplessness that would be selling it, Alex, right. obviously. exactly. Well, and you, you're smart enough to know now. Let me bring an episode over. Let me get an episode and let me get in her head. Let me, ma- let me sit her down and actually physically make her watch this. Because then you know, by the next time you see me, I will have consumed most of that media. Yeah. Look what I did sunny. with it. It's always sunny. <laughs> You're welcome. And the challenge. Yeah. Yeah. Eric did the same thing with uh, Battlestar. Mm. So when Battlestar of Galactica first came out, he'd been talking it up, talking it up, talking, oh, you got to watch this, you got to watch this, you got to watch this. And I'm like, yeah, I'll get to it. Leave me the fuck alone. So one day I was hanging out at his house and he was like, oh, let's watch a movie or something. And I'm like, okay, yeah, whatever. I don't give a fuck. Turn whatever on. It's like, well, let's just see what's in the PlayStation, shall we? <laughs> He flips it on, and it's fucking Battlestar Galactica. He put on that first miniseries. And I was like, you're a fucking asshole, you know that? And then I went home, and I watched, like, five more episodes. So <laughs> that was fun, because neither of us had cable when the uh, final season started. So we were, like, wandering Chicago, trying to find a bar that had, like, TV uh-huh. that we could, like, persuade to turn to the sci-fi channel. <laughs> 
These dire times, Alex. And you were so excited after the final, right? Yes. Well, you want to talk about just like getting so close to the gold line and just completely like beefing it before you got there. Yeah. <sighs> if you could, if you cut off those last, I'd say ten, fifteen minutes of the Battlestar Galactica finale. Okay. To be fair. They did not botch that final season to anywhere near the degree of, say, a Game of Thrones. Oh, no, 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 no. Game of Thrones is, like, all-time botched out. Yeah. Well, because the Game of Thrones botch started three seasons before the end. Right. And we just were all dummies, and we stuck with it. Well, and it was like you got that one season that ended with Cersei destroying the Sept, and I was like, that fucking was awesome. But it was... Those sort of like, not necessarily out of character, but they started to be out of character, but then the big shit started happening and we were rushing towards everything and it was just like, oh, we're doing this now. Yeah. No, that's got to be, at least in recent memory, all-time botch job for a television show. You can tell everyone, at least the writers involved, were so done. All-time botch job across media. I mean, I can't think of... Anything that was as horribly botched as that. And here's what the about, thing. What about the last Matrix movie? I personally... Those last two movies are nowhere near as good as the first one. I don't think the last one is as bad as everybody said it was. I think the first one was obviously excellent. I think the second one was still good. The third one's terrible. The second one, you have that awesome highway chase. The whole highway thing makes like makes up for anything else that happened. And in it's that almost movie. like let's just fast forward to the highway chase. This is like right where you fucking want to be. Yeah. The fact that they constructed a fucking highway set, just you—it's one of those things you watch and you can appreciate the artistry behind it. Mm-hmm. But those—it it was because we went through and watched it's a while ago now. But we did watch all three movies back to back to back. Did we? Or maybe I just did that because I'm a psychopath. But in that first movie, there's like, and I don't like using this word because it, but like a grit to it and like a dirtiness to it. Mm-hmm. And then you watch that second one, and it's very clean. It got Hollywooded. Very much so. Well, in the, va- like, the vast amount of CG, you know, the, I mean, because the first one had fair, you know, fair amount, but. Uh, but then you're doing it in, in two those, and three. It just was like the fight with all the Smiths is just right. like this looks fucking terrible. That was terrible. It looked terrible then. It, well, I'm sure it looks doubly terrible now. Right. And, and that's the thing. You shouldn't do CG if it stands out as being as being so obvious that right. it's CG. Like I excuse it to a degree in TV shows because of limited budgets. We don't have the money, right? Like if I'm watching The Flash. And they do a thing, and it's very clear. Like, that is a CG creation, 100%. It's, like, it's a TV show. It's like, okay, it's a TV show. Fine. They have no budget compared right. to a Marvel movie. Right, exactly. And um, that's, but, that's fine. But when you watch, like, Wonder Woman, for example, and you start seeing certain things, it's like, this is bad CG. Well, I would say, what was it, Justice League, most of what they did with Cyborg, I was like... Bad CG. Did you guys just, like, what happened? And if you don't have the budget for it... Don't do it. Don't do it. And I know that, like... Because when did the second Matrix come out? It was, like, 2001? Maybe. Maybe 2003? I was away at college. I remember that. No, it was 2002, I think. Because, yeah. Yeah, I was away. And... Because I saw the third one by myself in a theater, which was a little depressing. 
because fuck Dubuque, Iowa. Anyway, anyway. Um, I don't know where I was going with that. But, it, it, I mean, and to an extent, you go back and you look at, like, CG from that period, and you're like, okay, like, we weren't there yet, but like you said, if you're not, and it just and you know it looks like shit, because you couldn't have watched that and thought it didn't look like shit. Yeah. It's like, let's find another way of doing this. Especially when, like, in that third movie for that final, the DBZ fight at the end, they had them hooked up into, like, things where they were, like, gyroscoping all over the place. It was like, you guys have the ability to do this kind of shit. Mm-hmm. You could you could have done something else there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm done with it. Uh, how's Breath of the Wild been in the second playthrough? Uh, I didn't start another playthrough, actually. I'm just going through and exploring areas that I didn't really get oh, to. Oh, so like collecting things you didn't yeah, have. Yeah, just kind of like finishing stuff up. They had some DLC that came out that I never got a chance to finish, so I'm uh, working my way through that. Um, they have this cool thing in there where it's called like the Hero's Path, and if you uh, hit a certain button on the menu, or on the uh, map menu, it shows you where you've been. So, and it was crazy, because when I did first jump in, I was like, oh, I've explored most of this. Like, I have a, over 100 hours in the game. There are large swaths of the map that, like, I hadn't even just crossed Just completely. And I'm like, oh, okay, that's fucking rad. I'll just, like, and there's enough, like, in there to, like, go and find and explore and, like, fuck with. Like, uh, before you came in, um, earlier today, I found a, uh, they're called lionels. They're, like, these centaur-like creatures that you can fight. And they're, like, harder than, like, the bosses in the game. Because mm-hmm. the bosses in the game are, like... It's a Zelda game. The bosses aren't hard. But these are, like, actual challenges. And it was, like, a fucking, like, fight. Because I, I didn't realize what I was stumbling upon. So I didn't have a lot of healing stuff. And my weapon selection wasn't great. So it took me, like, a half an hour to beat this fucker. But I beat him. Very slowly chipping away. Mm-hmm. And then, like, a thunderstorm came through halfway through. And if there's, like, uh, lightning, you can't have, like, metal equipped because you'll get struck by lightning and then you'll be like vulnerable sure so i was like fuck i have like all metal all metal my body's just everything covered is in metal. metal like what the fuck so it was, it was an epic battle but very satisfying when i did ultimately defeat him so one of the one of the problems i had with breath of the wild is i got very frustrated with weapons breaking it doesn't bother me that much I, I did not enjoy it. I'm at a point in the game where I've I've got... I think once you get the Master Sword, because the Master Sword will, like, run out of power, but then, like, it'll recharge, so you always have something. Right. But any if you get into, like, the harder areas... Not even the harder areas. You can find some decent weapons, and you find them often, so it's not... I kind of hate any game with what I feel is unnecessary inventory management. Like, if it doesn't add anything to the enjoyment of the game... Which I can respect. Um, like, I always bring up Horizon and bitch about that. But, you know, like, for a game uh, like that, for example, I wouldn't mind if you get, like, different versions of whatever sword, as long as they have different stats on them and different perks or whatever, you know? And they but don't if it, show you a lot. But if it's just like this sword is the same as this sword, but you've just used this sword too much so it broke, I just don't feel like anything that like adds anything to the game. Because then you just end up having to like carry around a million of everything. What I would really prefer is a way to uh, repair stuff, like in uh, the Fallout games, mm-hmm. where it's like, okay, I yeah. keep using this, I keep using this, but then I can find a bench and I can fix it. Because I like this gun, I've modded this gun, I don't want it to break. 
but if it does break, I have the opportunity to go in and fix it if it's something I really like. And I would like it if they showed more stats on the swords, because it really just has like a number and it'll tell you if like it's particularly powerful or something. But for the most part, you don't get those deep stats. But we do have a sequel coming out eventually, so because I think they showed that last year at E3. Maybe I remember texting Sheila about it that there was a video for hmm. Breath of the Wild Two is coming. Oh. So I don't know when it's going to get released, but. Who the fuck knows? Erica. Alex. Did you play any of these new Tomb Raider games? I played... Yeah, I played... Was it just Tomb Raider? Tomb Raider was the first one of the new trilogy. And then what was and the then second there one? was Rise of the Tomb Raider. I'm pretty sure I played Rise of the Tomb Raider as well. So you haven't played Shadow of the Tomb Raider? I yet. have not, no. That is on Game Pass, by the way. Oh, it is. You, cool. Once again, when you get that 10 minutes of free time... Right, exactly. You know... See, the Switch is nice. Never. The Switch is nice. And I could probably do this with the uh, Xbox, too, is you could have her, like, on your chest, mm -hmm. and you can kind of play. You guys just have to give up and put the Xbox in the living room. Because <laughs> you never go downstairs. That's not true. Bob goes downstairs. Yeah. And I'll go down yeah, there every now and him. again. Like, before I could figure out, uh, I was having a problem getting Twitch on the Chromecast up here, for whatever reason. Mm -hmm. uh, I would go downstairs and watch Critical Role on Thursdays because I'd have to go through like the Xbox or whatever. But now we finally got it to work. Why the fuck does Twitch not have a Roku app? It's very annoying. There definitely is a Twitch app on Roku, but maybe it's not an official one. Yeah, we can find one. It's. I mean, it's fine because, like I said, the Chromecast works now. So I don't know why those couple weeks it didn't. Very annoying. But so I've been on a crusade to actually finally play things that are on my hard drive and delete them. Oh, good call. So I decided to play Shadow of the Tomb Raider because the story's just whatever. So I don't need to pay like super close attention to it, you know. Um, and it's a fine game. It's not as good as Rise. I think Rise is the best of all of them by far. Um. I actually think Rise, for what it's trying to be, is better than all the Uncharted games. Uh, like I've never played any of the Uncharted games, so I the, can't. The speak Uncharted to that. games are like they're like all the Sony exclusives. They're overhyped mm. to a degree. They're still good games, but Shadow is actually the most like the Uncharted games in that the story is very wacky and mystical, and you know, like doesn't make any sense, you know. But whatever. It's it a video game. It it's fine. Yeah. Um, but for me, what was annoying about this new one, Shadow, is I felt like, I don't know how much you remember of Rise, but there was a good balance, I felt like, in Rise between the combat and the exploration and the collecting of things. I would agree with that. Yeah. And I just never felt like I had too much of anything. Like oh, this is too combat heavy or this is too exploration just heavy. Just perfect, like, the right amount. For yeah. It. Shadow is like all exploration and they've taken out like almost all the combat. Like it's very combat light. Interesting. Um, even though obviously a big focus of the game is getting resources to upgrade your gear, it's still very combat light. So I remember the combat in those games being pretty good. Yeah, it's okay. It wasn't anything special, but it wasn't like, oh, Jesus. Like, great, here we go. Um, so I think we've talked about it before, like one of the disconnects of the first game is like she's on a ship going somewhere and the ship crashes 
And this is supposed to be like young Lara Croft, not grizzled veteran. Origin Lara. of Lara Croft. Right. right. And so she like crashes on some island and some random person attacks her and she's all upset and bothered that she killed this person. And then just proceeds to just kill everyone on this island. <laughs> to lay waste to everyone else on the island. Yeah. You know. It, it's one of those things where I've been watching a lot of... Um, and I know it's a video game, but... But there's a show called Pre-Rec, uh, or previously recorded, where they talk about... You can have characterization through gameplay. Like, maybe they could have had a thing where maybe she didn't kill people, but she incapacitated people. You know? Yeah. So there wasn't such a, like, glaring... Like, weren't you just... No? Okay. So there's a part, and in this last one, they kind of try to tackle, I won't like, you know, give anything away or whatever, but they try to tackle what impact her going into these tombs and just doing things and taking things out of the tombs is having on the world around her. Mm -hmm. And at one point she's even like, everywhere I go, I make things worse. <laughs> like she's just everywhere she goes everything goes to shit so many video game characters can have that same like conversation with themselves um but there is this one great point where up until this point in the game there hasn't really been all that much combat or killing in general and she's got her friend with her jonah i don't know if you remember this yeah. jonah character yeah, yeah, yeah. but this is like her best friend in the world he's and been in one, all the games right yeah and at one point in the story, she has been trying to get back to him. They've been separated by means. As you, you do. Know, it's a video plane game. crashed right. and one piece of the plane goes over here and one piece of the plane Shit goes, goes over down, there. right? And um, she gets on, she's on the radio with the person who's like the antagonist. And he's like, I killed Jonah. You can find his body here. And... This man made a tactical error, Bob. He brought out wild killer Lara Croft. <laughs> <laughs> she heard this Kill Bill siren start going off. So she's trying to get to him and like she falls off this oil rig into the water. Like you do. And it's one of those where like she's underwater and she's like in her mind hearing like all the things that have been said to her and now she's pissed. So you just it's like it is a great scene where you just see like her eyes open and she just comes out of the water like the devil rising from hell like and there's a psycho this killer <laughs> playing in the background yeah. she she like fucking there's this guy in front of her she just takes her knife and just stabs him straight straight through the heart takes his gun and just starts murdering everyone and here we go <laughs> and it's like this is the lara croft <laughs> that i know from this trilogy She's like screaming, I'm going to fucking kill you. <laughs> She's so mad. Well, I'm happy they leaned into it then. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's like it's like a highlight of an otherwise very boring story. But gotcha. it's a fine game, you know. Like at the end, I finished it and the game said I was at 95% of things collected. So oh, I'm shit. like, All I'll right. just get the last 5%, Why not, you know. Right? But I think I 100%ed the first game because it was another thing where I finished and I was pretty close and it was like, why not? Yeah. I enjoyed this enough that I wouldn't be, like, mad about, you know, going back through the world. I don't know that I bothered with the second one, but um, 
I enjoyed yeah. him. I would still, you know, finish it off if you ever have time, just because it's, you know, it's like the graphics are good. And those games were fun. Yeah, I the, the combat's fun. I just think they had, like, like at the end of the game, I would say 80% of the game is climbing stuff and exploring, and 20% well, is combat. How was the exploration? Because I do like, like, that's one of the reasons I like Fallout. I don't give a shit about the Fallout story. I like exploring the map. I think it's fun, and you definitely do have to actually carefully look around to find all the collectibles. Okay. Like, there's some stuff, you know, that's like you're walking down a path, it's right and it's right there. Face, you right. can't possibly miss it. But there's other stuff where you do have to be like, oh, okay, you know, I have to go high, I have to go up and climb this. And, you know, one of the things I like about the game is if you ever play Uncharted, and I can't remember, I think Rise did this as well, too. I think the first two did this as well, to a degree. But if you ever play Uncharted, they make it really obvious where you're supposed to climb. Yeah. Like, yeah. like everything that you're supposed to climb is highlighted yellow. You know, in Horizon Zero Dawn did this as they well. They did that too, yeah. Where it was like, oh, every post you're supposed to go up has like a yellow flag or band on it or something, you know? And I will say the cool thing about Breath of the Wild is you can literally climb anything. And that's really neat. Yeah. And like in a game like Horizon he's yeah you're like you're fading fast i'm paying attention um it'd be cool if like in horizon you didn't have to look for that you could literally climb anywhere and it wasn't oh well here's the path you have to take you could find your own way to get to where you need to go yeah and in shadow of the tomb raider it's not like you can climb anywhere Mm -hmm. but you generally it's like okay i'm here i could probably make the jump to here so that's probably the ledge they want me to jump onto Mm -hmm. but it doesn't have a giant yellow jump on me (laughs) sign Well, because there's ways of doing that through the game design that aren't quite so like hey dummy you know like in uh was it mass effect maybe it was two i don't remember but you're running through one of the ships and there's like a very stuff. There's like a, a, a white light that's kind of subtly showing where you need to go. It isn't so glaring, mm-hmm. but I thought it was a little bit better than like the yellow paints, you know? Yeah, and they do stuff that in this game that is obvious, like the type of walls she's able to climb onto are a certain pattern, you know. Yeah, but I remember that sometimes, from the games. Sometimes the areas are dark enough, though, where it's not so obvious that it's a climbable wall. Mm-hmm. And so then you get that thing that they did in all these Tomb Raider games where you jump into a chasm that you can't actually, like, hit anything on. Right. So you fall onto spikes of death or whatever. So they still super fun animation. Yeah, they still have all the various Lara dies porn. Well, good. For people I'm glad. who are into that. Good, good, good. good. <laughs> but... Um, Nah, it's you know it's like at the end of the day I enjoyed the game it's like a solid seven. All you right, know? that's it's like fine. Seven around there. It's a good game, but it's not amazing or anything. You're not mad you played it. Rise is a better game. And to me, that's all that matters. I don't want to play through something. And I think at this point, if I'm playing through something and I'm like, eh, yeah. just stop because there's not yeah. enough time in the day. I just did enjoy that one, that one scene where it was like. Lara Rambo has returned Psycho and she's killer. out for vengeance. Kiss, kiss, um, they also, I don't know, I don't know much about mountain climbing or rock climbing or whatever, Bob. Maybe you have some prior knowledge of this, but 
they do stuff in this game that's even like it's like the craziest shit in terms of like climbing up stuff climbing in video games is the most hysterical thing because it's like no (laughs) just no she has like these rock picks or whatever that she uses like mountain climbing tools or whatever yeah what are they called ice axes yes okay so she has these, and this is what she uses to climb. But what she does is if there's one, if there's, like, something over there that she wants to climb, but she can't just jump to it, she has, like, a line on the pick. So she, like, throws the pick with the line. The pick magically sticks in the wall, holds up her weight, yeah, that's not and then she climbs <laughs> yeah, up like the that's, line. That's not a thing. <laughs> it's like... You'd be dead. <laughs> Though a climbing game could be kind of cool if it was just like here el capitan almost like steep well if you you enjoy climbing simulator the game you'll enjoy shadow of the tomb raider (laughs) i mean climbing climbing is nuts i I, I, you know i because there's things in like video games where it's they can kind of get close to reality and it's fine it's still fun but then there's things that are like if you made a like a real climbing simulator, like that was incorporated into a video game, like a, another wise other open world game or something, like you would hate it. Though I think that'd be kind of cool, but I'm I find climbing to be fascinating. Those are the true lunatics, the people who free climb without any sort of line or anything. Well, that is called free soloing. Free climbing, you still have a rope. There's a difference. Um, I apologize. I am just making. If you ever get the opportunity to watch, and we did an episode on it because we saw it in the theater, it's called Free Solo, and it's about a guy who climbs up El Capitan in Yosemite without ropes, and it is the most stressful movie <laughs> that you will ever watch in your life. Because you're just like, no, you can, you're not gonna be able to do that. Like, what are you doing? And obviously, in like the back of your mind, you're like. Obviously, they wouldn't have like made a movie of this if he died. But they have a conversation about that, like at the beginning of the movie, and it's just it's it's a really good documentary. I would highly recommend it if you have oh, any interest in that at all. Something else about Shadow of the Tomb Raider that I forgot to mention. So, there's a part in the game where you know shit happens and you only have your knife. You have no other weapon or anything. Well, we have to have that level. Sure, it's very important. So it's a stealth section, pretty much, and you're trying. Oh, to the make forced your... stealth section. You're trying to make your way through this, like, camp of enemies with just your knife. And so one of the things in this game is you can, like, cover yourself in mud to make yourself harder, to make Lara harder to see. And you can kind of hide in, like, Called bushes or, right. yeah, among, like, um, walls that are covered in, like, you know, twigs or brush or whatever, you know. So at one point, I'm in this level. And I just, this is like the first time I did it. So I pretty much just stumbled upon the best way to do this section. (laughs) I go to the right and I kill this guy. I stab him in the back. And then I go by this wall and some guy walks over because he heard a sound. So I stab him. And then I look to my left and another guy walks over because he heard a sound. So I stab him. So now you've got a genuine pile of bodies going. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So I see going right, left. Right, left, right, left, until I've killed, like, at least ten people. (laughs) And they're all just like, I think I heard something. (laughs) Hey, look at that suspicious-looking pile. So I recorded this. This is actually on my Xbox profile. I record this. I'm just, I go, right, 
I kill someone. I go left. I kill someone. I go right, and I kill someone. It's like this is such great AI design. Bob. Stealth. <laughs> um, and so our loyal listener was playing this same section, and I'm on the microphone, and he is struggling. I mean, he cannot get through this. They're killing him over and over again. And I told him right at the beginning, I go, just watch the clip. Just watch the clip. You'll see how to do it. Just watch the clip. So after <laughs> but you he told failed, him to do it, yeah. so he didn't. Uh, exactly. So after he failed three times and was about ready to just take a break because he was so mad. Which you do have to do sometimes. Yes. You don't want to throw your controller. They're very expensive. He went and watched the clip and did exactly what I did. And the same situation played out the same way. It was so funny. Well, in the old Aladdin game for the SNES, there's this this level where you're on the carpet and you're trying to get out of the Cave of Wonders. And for some reason, this was the hardest fucking thing that I have ever had to do in my very young life. And like, I there were definitely moments where it was just like, put the controller down. You need to walk the fuck away. Because <laughs> 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 you don't have money for yourself yet. And your parents are not going to buy you a new Super Nintendo controller. <laughs> Take a breath. And walk away. So, we talk a lot about Tomb Raider here, and I got a question for you. If you had to be abandoned in the wilderness, um, which, like, climate would you least want to be stuck in? Assuming that you have like a standard set of equipment for exploring in that environment. Would I least want to be least stuck in? Least want to be stuck in. Um, I'd say extreme cold. I want to be, what was that movie? Who, who did, oh my God. Who, what's that movie with Liam Neeson where it's like him and all the wolves? Did oh, you gray. ever see that? It's the gray. No, because we heard that it wasn't Liam Neeson v. Wolves. It was more of like a heady thing. So we didn't end up seeing it. The oh, wolves really only play in at the end. Is what I, I mean, it, it's definitely Liam Neeson v. Wolves. <laughs> um, did you watch that movie? No. Okay. That's the worst environment to be in. You're trapped in the cold. You don't have enough supplies. You're completely cut off from all civilization. And there's wolves. And there's wolves <laughs> hunting you. See, for me, it's definitely the deep jungle. I don't want to be in the deep jungle. You know how much shit in the jungle can kill you? But there's a wolf. Okay, now the exact same situation. You're in some horrible situation, terrible environment. Who do you want there to help you get out of it? And I already have the answer to this question. You can have one person, fictional, real, whatever. Let's just go fictional. One fictional character to help you get out of said situation. Superman. Okay, you can't have super. Yeah, but you said fictional. <laughs> okay, I'm, He's a fictional okay I'm, I'm taking it back. Okay. I'm t- we're restarting. You can't have people with superpowers. Okay. Batman. <laughs> <laughs> Fine. You set yourself up for that one, Alex. Fine. Who would you take? <laughs> Who you got? Um, in a survival situation. Because, real person, it's Survivor Man. Well, yeah. Less Shroud. Right. Um, uh, I'm taking Hurley from Lost. Mm. That motherfucker was stuck on that island for years. He didn't lose any weight. He knows how to find food. 
You know who I think I'm, it was a metabolism <laughs> thing, darling. <laughs> you know who I'm taking? Who I always taking? Get, go back to this same great man. Who are you taking? John Matrix from Commando. <laughs> <laughs> Good call. Good call. And let me tell you something. John Matrix would fucking kill Batman. <laughs> and it wouldn't even be a contest. Ooh, I'd like to watch that fight, though. It'd be a good fight. I think Batman would put up a good fight, but his ass would be killed well, by because Matrix. It, it's just especially a, a spray of bullets. It's, just, it's an unending spray of bullets. Especially if Batman made the critical mistake of kidnapping his, his daughter. Well, Batman's not a dummy, so... I haven't watched Commando in a while. We should watch Commando. Lit off some steam, Bennett. <laughs> Did you leave us anything? Just bodies. <laughs> <laughs> He's dead tired. <laughs> I love that stupid movie. Anyone who doesn't love Commando is a monster. I lied. Because you're either watching it and you just don't get it because it's like, this isn't, no, you're just, just you're supposed to be enjoying yourself. Let's not look into the deeper whatever. Just, just, just. I, I yeah. also always love that it's the one movie where Arnold speaks flawless English. <laughs> so the greatest Arnold line of all time is to an alligator in a racer. <laughs> Your luggage. <laughs> There was a time where Joey and I, if it was on, we happened to catch it. We would have to call the other and be like, we just needed to let you know, Eraser is on the television, and they haven't gotten to the alligator house yet. <laughs> I think James Conn gets hit by a train in that movie. Yes, he does. Good times. Pop the dog is very demanding of pets today. Yes, he is. <laughs> it's like, you will pet me, <laughs> God bitch. damn it. I got one last thing I want to talk about. Okay, and then we'll let you go because you're on the edge of death. Um, <laughs> so, edge this, of death. That's a Liam Neeson movie I would watch. <laughs> there's been a, a couple of articles lately about the Samsung Galaxy Fold. Yeah, that's a piece of shit. Mostly talking about how it's a piece of shit. Yes, and so one thing I didn't realize about this stupid thing that's the folding screen right yeah yeah okay um what gave it away (laughs) is like this the aspect ratio of the screen is stupid like just so the normal like if you have it folded and you're just using like the one screen it is so tall and skinny it's like unusable well this is the new thing that all the cell phones do is they don't want to make the phone wider because then it's completely unusable, but they just keep making them taller so they can say the phone has a bigger screen. So, like, you know how it went from 16 by 9 to 18 by 9? Now, I swear to God, phones are coming out that are 21 by 9, and you can't, like, reach half the screen. Yeah, no, that's... But what, what, become, what ends up being... So, you know, the whole idea behind a folding screen phone is that, oh, well, you know, and when it's folded, it's a phone. And when you open it up, it's a tablet. What the article I was reading pointed out was like, if you unfold, like you fold out the, the fold, like it's basically a square. And what the fuck good is that? 
That's no good for anybody. What the fuck good is an 18 by 9 screen? It's all stupid. <laughs> and I'm looking at it. This isn't, these aren't devices. No one is making cell phones anymore that are just built to be a great usable device. It's like, what bullshit feature can we come up with to try to trick people into buying this? One one of the example, I mean, they they had like just a fuck ton of reasons why this thing's a piece of shit. But one of the things they showed was like if you go to the Play Store, um, in the on the phone when it's unfolded, you actually see less apps in a search than you do in a normal phone, because it's so wide. The styling package in the Play Store scales the images up, so like you'll get three apps that you can see on a screen at a time versus like seven on a phone it's really dumb and uh it's just comical how stupid it is and you know they're still plowing forward with this they plan on they there's rumors they have a new bendable screen um a new bendable oled That'll be the next generation. I'm so, sure they do. If you want from L, do you know LG is going to sell? I think they sold it last year too, but this year I know for sure they're selling like, it's like this little rectangular long box that you can buy, but it's a giant TV, but the TV rolls up into the box. So like it unrolls, like it comes out and now you have a big OLED TV and it's an LG OLED, so I'm sure it's amazing and all that, you know. Of course, the thing costs like $5 trillion. I mean, we're, <laughs> we're not like, you know, we're not outside of the Bob Math price range, but we're in that vicinity where <laughs> you might have to like sell your home to buy it. You know? <laughs> so. Bob's like, it'd be worth it. <laughs> it'll roll out. Um, it it'll, it'll fit on our mobile home that we'll have to get. Tiny, you can be on Tiny House on each on each uh, HGTV. I just, you know, and we've had this conversation a lot. It's just, you know, phones are so stale, and everything they're they're doing to try and sell more phones is stupid. So it it's like it's weird to see an industry that has really just gone stagnant and is not prepared for it. And because it's, I, I don't, there's just nothing that excites me about that market anymore. I really would not buy a new phone unless I needed one. I hate to say it because he's such a fucking asshole, but it's basically like the day Steve Jobs died, all innovation in the cell phone space died with him. I mean, I don't think you're wrong. Yeah. Because he essentially got us to where we are now. Because mm-hmm. he was just like, I want a little device in my hand that does this, this, and this, and this. And then he told his engineers, you just figure it out. <laughs> it's like, wait, we can't do this. Well, the other thing that Steve Jobs did really well was when his engineers came to him with prototypes, he was really good at saying, this is good, this is good, this is shit. Yeah. And he, he was really, really good at that. No, he, he uh, look. I mean, the guy's definitely a, a genius in so many ways. He's just a massive prick. Oh, God, the biggest of pricks. Like, 
unbelievable. You know, he would he he would drive around. He would never get put license plates on his cars, and he would always park in handicapped spots. <laughs> so he would be right up front. A motherfucker. Yeah, <laughs> he's such an asshole. Yep. No, he was he like. I you bought me the book and I I did I read, read the book yeah. and it's just incredible how big of a fucking prick he was even to his own blood yeah yeah well I mean if you're gonna be a prick you gotta be a prick to everybody yeah. you gotta be consistent that's nice anything else <sighs> you gotta go take a nap Bob you're done stupid folding phones you need like a Can, you, hey you need like a solid half hour nap I need way more than. <laughs> Now you need like a 20-minute nap to get you through. Yeah. Anything more than that, you're just done. You're just sleeping the rest of the evening, then you'll be up all night. Yeah, no, it's it's impossible. I, I actually, I took a nap yesterday, and I think it was about three hours. Um, and I woke up. Was it that long? It was, about, it was, it was, like, long. It was like a full feeding to feeding. Oh, okay. Um, but I, remember I got up, and I came downstairs, and I was like, I feel like shit. Like, what was the point of this nap? <laughs> I should put you in contact with um, someone we play video games with. She sleeps like 18 hours a day. I don't know how she does it. <laughs> she doesn't have a kid. <laughs> I no, I mean, overall, like... It's, don't say it out loud because we're going to fucking curse ourselves. It's... it's don't. It's He's hard. already thought it. He's already thought it, so it's out in the universe. It's in the universe. So for say it. okay. It's hard. It, it definitely is very hard. It's... It's, I don't feel like as tortured as I thought I might, <laughs> but it is difficult. We'll just be honest. It's very hard. Well, once she starts moving around more, it's going to be like, yeah. Well, and here's a funny thing. So, you know, there's a lot of, a lot of people at work who um, are very interested because they're parents. And then what I've noticed is parents like talking to parents of newborns because they like to, you know, just reinforce that, hey, you'll she'll start sleeping eventually. But then the days will get much harder. <laughs> basically, they want you to be as miserable as they were. Yep, basically. And then once you're both miserable, you can get in a room with Cara Maria and you can all be miserable <laughs> together. The tornado of miserable. Now, let me ask you a question, Bob. How hard would you say having a young baby is? Like... Is it someone punched you in the face hard or is it I was outside going to get my trash cans and I fell straight onto ice right on my fucking knees hard? Definitely the latter. On mulch, too. Oh, he came in. I was like, what the fuck did you do? It, it was so painful. <laughs> and then so she's feed. She had just started her feeding with Izzy. So. You know, she can't stop. I heard something outside. <laughs> and then I heard the... Because <sighs> Bob's not quiet when he hurts himself. You're like, I think Bob's dead, but I'm in the middle of feeding, feeding, <laughs> feeding our child. Izzy, so, so give me five. He's going to have to wait. Yeah, so I was just sitting there on the couch in agony. <laughs> when he wait. came in, he's just like... He's got this look at his face. And I'm looking at his knees like, Jesus fucking Christ. I'll sort that out when I'm done with the baby. Oh, my God. I think it was Wednesday because I'd gone out for ramen. Yeah. Really good ramen place up in Palatine. Hmm. Delicious. Nice and warm, right where you want it to be. It took like five minutes for it to come out. Uh-huh. 
You know what always hits the spot for me? The best family restaurant in the whole state? Hooters. <laughs> Maybe we can work on getting a sponsorship. I do need a Hooters sponsorship. Like, we have uh, one person who listens on a consistent basis, so I think you'd be uh, very well-served advertising on our shitty little podcast. Right, Izzy? Like, I'm looking at this raccoon, bitch. Like, what the fuck? Don't distract me. Well, on that note, thanks for being here in your own home. And hug me. Hold me tight. This has been a Puma Knife production.